0: Hello, welcome in another in our series of short podcasts looking at the implications of Brexit in the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt. In this series, we're going to be meeting uh, experts in, well, the industry itself, HR, tax and GDPR. In this podcast, we talk with Stuart McPherson. He's Managing Director at KB Event, who provide trucking to the music and event industry. Uh, Stuart, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to talk today.
1: Very welcome, Martin.
0: Well, before we start talking about Brexit itself, tell me a little bit about what you do at KB. I, I guess we've all seen the big blue trucks.
1: Yeah, well, KB are really a one-stop solution um, for the event industry. We specialise in corporate events, live entertainment, uh, music. That's here, so it's sort of the whole, the whole, the whole sort of uh, spectrum, really. Um but our, our service profile is is about sort of more than just providing wheels. We provide a solution for our clients sort of um, as a whole package. So uh, talking particularly about Brexit right now, you know sort of as far as, as far as our clients are concerned, they'll come to us. we will deliver a solution for them that gets them to where they want to go really with as as little, as little pain and problem as possible.
0: and all the right bits of paper and all the rest of it that we'll go Indeed. on and talk about. Brexit's happened. we're a few weeks uh, in now we've 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 seen what the deal does and Doesn't say. What are the dangers? Do you think of us not focusing and not getting this right?
1: I think to be to be straightforward about it, you know, the sort of risks to um, to our industry are actually not following the rules and regulations. The rules, regulations, and particularly when it comes to our sector, the transport sector. These new changes are written into law. Um, you know, there's there's no quick fix or no easy work around them. And if we don't actually work within the boundaries, the new boundaries that have been set and are currently still moving, actually, um, then you know, sort of everything is going to stop. You know, if we're if we're looking to deliver shows on the continent in mainland Europe, sort of, um, and we don't um, abide by the, the new regulations that are laid down for us, we won't get out of the country in the first place. So it's actually show threatening.
0: We've we've heard a lot in the in the press about trucks going to queue at the border, but actually January didn't seem that bad. Are we perhaps overreacting a little bit?
1: I don't, I don't think so, Martin. You know, sort of um, it's it's a it's a more complex answer than than just um, the the stuff that was built up in the press pre pre Brexit actually coming into place in January. Um, the volumes because of because of where we found ourselves with COVID, um, and that uh, aligned with the, the fears about the potential delays going into Europe sort of meant the numbers were massively reduced in January. And certainly in week one, January, uh, freight numbers were down to about 30% of usual capacity. If you take the Port of Dover, for instance, coming out of Dover, generally you sort of, you're running about 10,000 trucks a day. Um, it was close to 3,000. That was partly to do with Brexit, that was partly also to do with actually a lot of the um, EU trucks weren't actually in the UK over the Christmas period, they gave a break, um, sort of, so they didn't have those trucks going back out again or coming in sort of initially when we came out of the the, the new year period. Um, Those numbers started to build and in fairness, it, it, it seems to be fairly well controlled. Um, but they're still, you'll find at the moment, Operation Brock is still in place in in Kent. So all freight trucks at the moment going into Kent, go out the port of Dover, still got to report to Manson Airfield and they're being fed through to manage the flow of traffic into the port. So it's it, it's a combination of management about numbers. And of course, please remember that our industry um, isn't yet back in back in play. We're not we're not actually taking stuff out. So you know the, the customs process that are going through Dover into into mainland Europe at the moment a very much simplistic sort of t form exports without duty being applied because of the non-tariff agreement with the EU. When we come back to life, you're going to see a number of, of, of trucks coming through on carnes, for instance, which are a lot more complex in terms of the process. We're going to put more pressure on the system. You know, if you have 50 trucks, say, going out to MWC in Barcelona, going out on carne, there's going to be a whole different sort of funnel of pressure going in just for our industry trucks. If the port is also running at, um, at, at maximum capacity, the, then there, there could be more pressure but hopefully you know we can hope that by the time that we get back to uh, back to to work properly that the industry that the sorry the system will have calmed down a little bit and we'll we'll have a, a smoother transition into europe you,
0: you mentioned we've got to we've got to get the law right we've got to we've got to get all our uh, ducks in a line as it were so is it just extra customs paperwork or is it a bit more complicated than that
1: no, I think, you know, to be honest the, the bigger issue for our industry is gonna is gonna come with the actual the, the movement restrictions that have come into place with the with the new laws. We've been um historically both ourselves and our European counterparts have been given free movement in Europe for, for what we do so we can move around within EU territories um and sort of and, and do our shows as we wish. The deal that that's um, been struck with the EU and the UK with Brexit has put massive restrictions on what UK hauliers can do moving into Europe now, um, our restrictions in in, in the round um, allow us to only do um, two onward moves after our first delivery, one of which can be inside of a state territory. The next one has to be a cross-border move. They have to happen within seven days, and then the trucks must, by law, return to the UK. There's no move around that, you know. So the days of us going and doing a roadshow or a tour around Europe or going to Cannes and doing Cannes Lion and moving stuff home down the seafront for two weeks are gone. We're, we're not legally allowed to do that anymore. So there are a lot more restrictions than just the customs paperwork. In a lot of ways, the paperwork element, if you're using the right, the right vendor, the right supplier... They should be managing that process for you, and it should be, apart from the cost element, it should be reasonably painless. It's more the movement elements that are going to cause the the real problems, in my view.
0: So, and I'll say this very quietly, but uh, would it be easier (laughs) maybe for our clients or for for agencies not to use trucking from the UK, but to to use a trucking company from the EU?
1: Um, No, to be honest, you know, I don't don't feel that it would. The, the, The issue you've got is that the EU trucks, firstly have the same problem coming to the UK because of the way the Brexit deal has been struck. It's a, it's a level playing field agreement. Whatever rules apply for us as a UK company going into the EU apply for the EU coming to the UK. So if you get an EU company coming to the UK, they're restricted to, if they come in loaded to 200 movements after their first movement, only one movement onward after their first movement, if they come in empty. So, you know, sort of, they have those restrictions. The other side of it is very sadly um, the, the Brexit deal, the Brexit agreement, has shone a light on the cabotage arrangements. And EU companies now are also falling under cabotage restrictions. An EU company where we're allowed two all of movements and they must return within seven days. EU companies working in another EU state are only legally allowed to do three cabotage, so in-state movements, in another state within seven days, and they must leave that state. So the sort of restrictions are actually sort of still in place for other EU trucks. I mentioned um,
0: paperwork, so let's talk about the paperwork. Nobody likes doing it. Let's let's give a little scenario. So uh, typically I might send a truck full of rental kit, AV set and what have you. It all goes out to wherever, Germany, Spain. Uh, We do an event for a week and we come back again. Uh, now, I've done that to Switzerland in the past, and there was this, this Carnet thing. So Carnets
1: for everybody? It is, yeah, anything now going into mainland Europe, out of the UK, and you've got to take sort of Southern Ireland with that as well, with into, into the Republic of Ireland, will now need to go under a customs formal document. Although we've got a tariff-free um, agreement with the EU there's still the customs process. Um, so the first thing that we'll need is is, is, a, is a, a custom document, a customs declaration of some form. Now, if you've got stuff going out and coming back again, as you say, the most cost-effective and the simplest way to do that is, as we do for Switzerland or Norway or for Turkey, for instance, is to use an ATA carne. So we have some, we have, we have a reasonable amount of knowledge of that in the industry anyway, as a whole. Um, so, that process should be straightforward. The vendors generally are set up to be able to provide us with information to produce the documentation fairly straightforwardly. Um, you've then got a, a secondary element of giveaways, you know, sort of client giveaways, delegates or information packs, prints, sort of stuff like that. That stuff can't go to carne because it's an export. Therefore we will have to do a custom declaration with, with elements like that. The good news for our clients is that uh, sort of initially we were told that they would have to go on separate trucks to Carnet's. We've been working with customs and and sort of with the authorities to actually get agreement that we can do multiple entries on a given truck now, so we can actually put stuff on um, a truck with a uh, an export declaration, and with a, with a carne. So okay. it's a it's a more detailed process. It's going to take longer in terms of customs clearance, but it's it's doable. The uh, the one win, and I will give you this hot off the press, Martin. because oh. This came in to me last night, so um this is kind of not out there yet. I've, I've got to got to yet sort of start talking to people about this. One of the big problems we have been facing since the 1st of January is that we were given we were given clear um, uh, guidelines that or clear information that each truck um, had to go on its own carne, um, which is a first. Because of the way the systems have been set up and the processes were um, set up, it would mean that if we had 20 trucks going to um, Can Lion, for instance, each truck would have to run on its own carne. Um, that means that that truck has to be loaded with a kit that's on that carne list, which is a bit of a pain when you're loading from the suppliers warehouse but when you're stripping that show back out and you've got to get all the serial numbers matched to each car to go back on the truck that was going to be a nightmare and when you're talking about two thousand pounds of carne um you know sort of your times 20 carnays you do the numbers it's quite quite big numbers we um, we've been campaigning and working with the authorities since january to try and get back to a position that we had previously where we could use multiple trucks on one carne um, it came in last night. I got a written confirmation last night from we've had it from customs and from the operators now that we can and the French authorities came on board last night to say we can now send multiple trucks on one carnet. So if I have four trucks loading from an AV supplier, they can put all of their kit on one carne. As long as we ship and move those trucks together, um, then they can go on one carne, which is going to save a world of pain for our clients. In um, the supply companies, in terms of actually starting to divide kit up in between trucks, that's, that's a massive move forward. So that's that's going to that's going to help a bit. You say that's
0: hot off the press. So I mean, I think everybody thinks that the deal was done 31st of December. That's it. We're we're done. But uh, you've sort of indicated there and earlier on when uh, when you were you were talking that there is still some movement.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's more about process, the, the sort of, you know, some of the things, some of the issues that are out there at the moment are, for instance, about visas and work permits and, and what can be done with that. Um, they are outside of what was written into the, the, the Brexit deal. The Brexit deal with, with trucking, with transport, is actually written into EU and UK law. Um, so we're fairly restricted on where we can go, for instance, you know, the movement stuff that I was talking about earlier. That's, that's black and white information. That's not that's not anything that we can get a permit for or we can get dispensation against, we can move around, it's actually written into law. It's a bit like speeding sort of ticket, you know, at the end of the day, people talk about a 10% discretionary sort of allowance in terms of speeding, but the black and white of it is, the speed limit is that, and if you go over it, you're breaking the law. Um, You know, this is exactly the same in terms of the restrictions that are laid down in trucking. What we're talking about with the Carnet stuff is more about process. Um, And, you know, the process said that because it was all ANPR linked with documents linked to custom systems and registrations, that it had to be one Carnet per vehicle. We've been working with the authorities to say they will accept us to go back to the old system and then with the operators to get them to sort of confirm they can amend their systems to accommodate it. So that's more about working through process. We are we are and, and sort of us and our counterparts and uh, some of the um, some of the trade bodies are in a, a campaigning government hard to try and get some form of dispensation back to allow us more movement and to allow our counterparts in Europe more movement. Um, but that's gonna be a very long process because it's not it's not up to the UK government to grant that, that dispensation, you know. They've got to get agreement with the EU and for the EU to give that because it's in your law. They have to get agreement of 27 states then ratify it to eu parliament then a deal can be done if there is a desire to do so between the uk UK government and the eu parliament so that's a much longer term sort of process than sort of um than, than sort of just us changing a procedure to to allow us to be more flexible in how we operate in the in the in the boundaries that we have at the moment
0: it's good to hear though that um you know to make it more practical to make it easier to make it work there is still conversations going on and people are trying to just to smooth things as as best we can.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, sort of sort of conversations go on and will continue in, in all sorts of elements, you know, sort of both in terms of, of my discipline within our industry and, and, and other elements of it. But I think, you know, speaking as a supplier and, you know, and looking at our, our production agencies that we work for and the production agencies working for the end end client, you know, our jobs sort of along that chain are to make what we have as painless as possible. This is workable. You know, it's, 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 it's more work. It's more cost. It's more time that there are, you know, it's sort of, it changes what we do, but our job in this industry, and we've always been very good at this is to actually deliver a solution rather than sort of just sitting and wringing our hands about the fact we've got a problem. This is, these are the cards we're dealt with now, you know, we've got to get on and make this work for our clients. So we continue to be the leading sort of lead, leaders in the world in, in delivering these events all across Europe.
0: We we are sort of it's in the title really, isn't it? We do event planning. We do planning. We'll we'll make a plan. So that's you know stay optimistic. The paperwork process now. Uh, I never like doing paperwork, but when I have to, I will. Is it a company? Is it extra work for a company like yours, or an event agency like mine, or are there separate agencies that need to get involved? Who's going to be filling in these forms?
1: I think you know I can speak only. There, there are people listening to your podcast that'll um that'll be that won't use us as a vendor. So. I, I need to, I'm trying to be as generic as possible in this conversation, but I, I need to be sort of specific in this for my business. I can only talk from our footing. Our, our job is up, as I alluded to just now, as I said very clearly just now, is to make this as painless as possible. We've set up sort of our own team, our own department to deal specifically with this for um, for our clients. So, you know, our view will be we'll make this for our client. You come to me as, a, as, a, as an agency and say, we have an event going out, or so we're going to Barcelona. These are the suppliers we're using. You know, we work out what trucks you need, what size of trucks you need, how many you need, and what your schedules are, what your loading and tipping dates are. You then give us a list of your supplies. We will go away and deal with it from there. That, that, as far as I'm concerned, whoever we're working for, be it a supply company or an agency, that should be the extent of your pain um, in terms of uh, how the how the paperwork process is followed. I can't, I can't speak for the vendors. I would, I would think that it will probably be the case for our competitors that that will be the same, I, I can't say for sure. But certainly for the end client, it should be painless. And in my view, for the agencies and the supply company, it should be pretty, pretty painless too. The carne's the security documentation that needs to go with the, with the goods, the, the export declaration should all, in my view, be driven from our end of the, of the supply chain well for
0: sitting where i'm sitting i'm i'm pleased to hear it as you might imagine but uh, good good to know that there are solutions and and there are you know companies like yours and as you rightly say other companies that that can support that you mentioned uh, visas uh, one of the things that we've done uh, on many occasions uh, especially if we're away with one truck for a week uh, the truck gets parked up for several days while the event's on and uh, often the, the the driver becomes a working driver he comes and helps at the event earns a few more pounds Uh, Everybody's happy. Can can that still happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, sort of. We're we're working under very similar restrictions to the rest of the technical crew coming from the UK. Um, For some of our drivers, actually, this is going to potentially be more challenging than because we spend eighty percent of our time in Europe. I mean, eighty percent of our events um and, and our and our actual work is completed in mainland Europe just purely because of the volume and the size of, of, of what goes on over there. Um the the, the rules and restrictions, which I'm sure yourselves um are aware of, but that sort of in, in brief the limitations in working in the EU right now as a UK citizen are to work 90 days within 180 days, and that 80, 180 days is a sliding scale. So as it moves forward. Obviously, any days you have at the beginning of that drop off the back, and it moves forward into clear days. We can, our our, our team ourselves, we can work 90 days within that 180 day window. But within that obviously you need to take into account that if you go on holiday to Spain for two weeks that comes off your 90 days you know it's, it's about not only working it's about presence in Europe so our archives like your teams can work within that window completing sort of work on our own events um, without a visa or at this moment we're being told without a work permit although there are some rumblings from some of the some of the states at the moment there may be some requirement for work permits for all crew um that's that's still that's still a fairly gray area and has not been not been clarified yet and uh, we're, we're keeping a very very close watching brief on that but to answer your question in, in straightforward terms yet the drivers can continue to work as they always have done within that time frame
0: it sounds like uh, that's another podcast when some of that uh, stuff is, is is finally decided and those rumblings become uh, facts and figures, as it were. And it sounds also like you're going to have a lot of drivers that are going to be holidaying in the United States or, or, or the Isle of Wight. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, listen, we can't go into every detail because there are so many. Every event is different. That's what I love about events is that every single one is 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 completely different. So we can't discuss them all. But where can people, if they're interested, perhaps learn a little bit more? Is there anywhere where people can get more information on uh, some of the things we've been talking about
1: yeah if you um if if you if you want to refer people to our website um they go to the news page it's kbevent.com um there are links to sort of some of the elements that we've been talking about in terms of live live broadcast um and in terms of written information um we'll be keeping that up to date as we move forward with changes and and developments as they come on but also on on there there's a contact page Your, your listeners are free to contact us and we will give whatever advice and help that we can to anybody Um, They're the most straightforward sources from our perspective.
0: My guest today, Stuart McPherson, Managing Director of KB Event. Thank you, Stuart. My pleasure, Martin. You'll find other podcasts in this series, The Event Industry, Planning for Brexit. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening.